Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, keep your, your Bibles turned to Isaiah 48:17, and we're going to talk about the way to profit. The way to profit. Now profiting is not some get rich quick scheme. It is not some something that you you do out of desperation where you drop in and drop out of it. But when God talks about the way to profit, he is talking about the word way uh, has always meant a road. When the Bible says he makes a way in the wilderness, that means he makes a road. And wilderness always referred to desert, to to Middle Eastern people. Their wilderness, I mean, ain't nothing growing there. You know, sometimes in, for people who live in Western countries, we think of wilderness as a forest where stuff is growing and it's just, you know, un, uncharted by man. Nobody lives there yet. But it's totally habitable if you cut down some trees. But to the Middle Easterner, the wilderness was a desert place with nothing but sand where nothing grew. So when God talks about making a road in the wilderness, he's talking about making a sure-footed place for you to travel on even though there's nothing there. So he's talking about the supernatural, his supernatural ability to bring a roadway before it, for you for a safe passage and successful passage where there's nothing there. And why we always looking for something that we can relate to before we'll believe God is there is just beyond me. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for a way to get comfortable in the natural to believe God. Hello. We're not walking by, by faith. We're totally walking by sight. And what we do sometimes is we drop in on God when sight don't work no more. Huh? You get to the end of what you can do, and oh yeah, that's right. I, I better pray. I better ask God. Well, He better come in a hurry. Huh? And we'd have jumped off the road so long ago. He can't even find us where we are sometimes. Huh? So we have to understand that profitability and profiting in God implies a way of living, a lifestyle, steps of obedience. To keep us on a certain path that is a profitable path. You hear people now, success motivation, people talk about things that will make you successful. And probably the, the most common one that everybody agrees on makes for success is determination. And that you don't quit. And so God wants us to stay on his way of living, his lifestyle, because that is the road to profitability. And it doesn't look like it's going to get us anything most of the time. And God says, you know, I want you to, to spend your time worshiping me. Well, come on now. <laughs> There's got to be more to it than that. Hmm? But if you worship him first, that puts you on the first step of the road and from the worship will in in worship is revealed the rest of it to you so you don't get profitable unless you you get in the spirit of god and in the presence of god and i'm not talking about some ritual you go through where you got to have you know put your tapes on and get in this special spot and all this i'm talking about your soul magnifying the lord hmm? it's what you do in your brain it's going to determine what path you take. It's what you make up in your mind you're going to do that determines what you do. So in Isaiah 48:17, he starts here in verse 15. He said, I, even I, have spoken, yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. So when God speaks to you, when he calls you, he calls you to prosper. He calls you to make your way prosperous. That means everything that you do under God's instruction will work. It's what prospering means. It means you will get something out of your efforts. There's no such thing as failure if you're obeying God. 
So he says, I am, and I will make his way prosperous. Come near to me. Problem. Huh? That's why he said, come here. Because he know you somewhere you ain't got no business there. Huh? Come near to me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was, there am I. What was? Time was. It was. You was. The earth was. God says, I've been here forever. That's why I'm God. I got here first. (laughs) And now the Lord God and his spirit have sent me. Thus saith the Lord. Thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Remember me? I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit, which leads you by the way that you should go. Oh, that you had listened to me, you wouldn't be in the mess you're in now. If you had listened to my command, he said, you would have peace like rivers instead of worrying fretting, being concerned, having issues. And your righteousness as the waves of the sea. Your kids would have been multiplied. Everything, but now they got to go into captivity because they didn't listen. So it's go... <clears throat> The people of God who were in captivity at this time. That's what God was telling them. But that is the way out. Is obedience to him. The way out is to obey God. All you got to do is turn around and go back in the right direction. It's as simple as taking a wrong turn. Going somewhere and getting back on the right road. You don't sit there and, and penalize yourself. Well, I just can't get on the right road. I don't deserve to get on the right road. I've just been bad. No, you turn your car around, you get on the right road, and you get to where you're supposed to go. And that's what God expects of us. But, you know, it, it takes a little thing called humility to do that. And oftentimes we just ain't really into that like that. You know, humility stuff. We want to profit and take our pride with us. Well, it won't happen. It won't happen in God. The Bible says narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. The broad way, any idiot can get on. All you have to do is have a herd mentality and follow the crowd. Get on there like everybody else. The narrow way is the way that lives to leads to profiting. And you don't have to pay the world's price for it. That's the way I always look at it. Hmm? You receive by faith. And you don't have to pay the world's price for what you receive. Hmm? The world's price always fails. It runs out. That's why we got Wall Street is half what it was a year ago. Because we're now paying the world's price. Everybody's paying the price where they're overextending themselves in credit and greed and all this kind of stuff and sign on the dotted line and it's yours kind of living. So people are paying for that now. But we don't pay the world's price. We pay the price with our spirit. There is a price to pay, folks. Don't think you get everything for free. The price you pay for your spirit, everything your spirit demands that you do, you must do. Everything your spirit leads you to do, you must do. That's the price you pay. So your price is paid in in understanding and reading and meditating on the word, renewing your mind. So that when the Holy Spirit leads you, you'll follow him. Because it's in your mind to follow him. And it's not hard. It becomes a natural way of life. I call it a supernatural, natural way of life. Hmm? It's supernatural, but it comes second nature to us because God's trained us to think like he thinks. So we're going to talk about what the word profit means. What, is, what does it mean to profit? What does God want 
us to do. The word prophet, it, it comes from the uh, the Hebrew word. Uh, it really means, literally is translated, it means the shovel of God or the shovel of the Almighty. So you dig your life with the shovel of the Almighty. Also means a strong shovel or a big shovel. So profiting encourages you to enlarge and expand your thinking beyond what you can think or do or ask. Beyond your human ability. So when you profit... Everything that's handed to you is handed on a large shovel. I look at the difference being, uh, you remember the little sand pails, the little pails you used to get for your little kids when they're toddlers. And, you know, you're sorry you took them out in the sand because they have the sand everywhere except in the pail. <laughs> Mommy, I'm itching. I get sand, you know, everywhere. So, you know, you, you wish you hadn't done that. But the difference to me between what we can do and what God does is, is compare that little sand pail shovel with a, a, that one on the end of a, a bulldozer, you know, that type of shovel, construction kind of shovel, dig, dig, dig. Well, God is the one who gives you the large shovel to carry your goods in. And he digs your life out with a large shovel. Prophet really means to climb or to ascend. So it means which wherever you start, God can cause you to go up from where you are. See, this is why sinners who have money don't want God. They don't think they can get it can get any better. But just wait. Everybody's going to be screaming for God. In fact, they're probably screaming for God under their breath. Huh? They think the government's God, but they're going to find out the government can't solve all. The government can't cause you to rest well at night, mm-hmm. even though they might extend your unemployment or they might do a lot of stopgap things. They can't give you peace because everything on the government's limited. It's limited to how long that the law is enacted. It's going to run out pretty soon. Unemployment's going to run out. Everything's going to run out. So you're going to be left with you and God got to figure it out. But he says, if you had trusted me, he said, I'll give you peace like a river. Now, you know, we don't have a bill before Congress that can give us that assurance. We'll never get peace like a river with any bill that's before our Congress. So the government can't do anything like this for you. It also means to be valuable or useful. One word for um, uh, prophet is the same word that's used for a wild goat. G-O-A-T, goat. Hmm? And wild goats can always, they don't need a shepherd for their food. They don't need a person, a human to hand them anything. That's why they are always looked at as strong, independent animals. And they are climbers. They can go and find their food. They don't have like a herd mentality. But they have an instinct in God somehow to go up and climb up on rocks and in mountains. And they will find food up there. Food where you at least expect it to be. And they thrive and they survive there. Wake up. They'd probably die if you tried to put them in a herd. Huh? They probably would because they're they're self-sufficient in that way. But they depend on God and they be, depend on their godly instincts to find food. So prophet is one of the words for prophet is a word for wild goat. That same word, if it's capitalized, is the same word used for Canaanite. So there were a people who were known for their prosperity, and that was the Canaanite. That's why the Jew got excited when God said, I'll bring you into the land of the Canaanite. They said, really? That was like saying, I'll give you, well, 
a year ago, <laughs> a thousand thousand shares of Berkshire Hathaway or something, you know, certain words that conjure up certain images of wealth in people's minds. That's why God used those terms. And so that word, the word for prophet capitalized, was the word for the Canaanite. And so God said, I'm going to give you what they have. I'm going to give you the land that they have and everything on it. So those names evoked a certain response in the hearts of the people. So God said, I'll teach you a way to live. And on that road, you'll be just like these people in prosperity and goods and in wealth. But he reminded the Jew that there would never be another people like him on the earth who loved God and served God. So what God is saying is I'll give you the same things that they have, but I'm going to show you a different way to get it. Uh, You're not going to get it the way they got it. Uh Because really the Canaanite were, were people who were intermarried with a group of people called the Nephilims. Who were giants. And they pretty much destroyed and crushed and killed everybody that they met. And that's how they got so much wealth. They terrorized people. They were very strong people. And when they came, you either gave it up or you moved out. But God said, what I'll do is I'll teach you a different way to profit and a different way to prosper. Generally, when the, when the, when the Israelite went into a nation... Those people would just submit to them and agree to be slaves and servants to them. They would survive. They very seldom had to kill anybody to get what they got unless the people were fighting back or attacking them and so forth and so on. But oftentimes the supernatural of God would kick in and those people would just lay down their weapons, submit, just like Jericho. It was locked up because they were scared of the Israelites. And when the Israelites came in, the walls fell flat. Those people who resisted, they had to fight them. But oftentimes people just say, well, just let me live. I'll serve you. What do you want me to do? Kind of thing. And so that was, that was life in those days. People, people survived through conquering, subduing, overcoming. Same way we survive now, but now it's a war of words. It's a word of God against the words of the devil and the people who serve him, the world. So in every situation, there is this warfare. It really has not changed. It's just moved now on a 100% spiritual level. Except in cases where people just want to physically take over somebody. You know, sometimes you have to have war, but you can always pray behind that war for God's outcome. That's always been possible. That's always been what we've done. So God says you'll be just like these people in property, goods, and wealth. God always points to a natural example to make his spiritual truth known. So he was not pointing out the Canaanite as a person to be, um, to be uh, imitated or to be jealous of or imitate their lifestyle. It was merely an example that he gave. That he would make their wealth like that of the wealthiest people that they could think of. God says, I'll go beyond that. But I'm going to show you how to do it in a different way. The, the word way or road means a mode or a manner or a journey. So this really is a journey of profiting for us. And being cared for by a loving God who gives us what we desire. He says, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. So what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Well, it means to like what he likes and hate what he hates. You got to like the Bible, number one, and everything in it. Hello. If the word of God rubs you the wrong way, keep keep embracing it, and pretty soon you'll be as tough as it is. <laughs> huh? Because it's true. 
So you have to love the word. David said, oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation day and night. If you let yourself get comforted by the word of God, you grab that before you grab anything else. You've ever been blessed by obeying the word of God. You'll grab that before you grab anything else. Hmm? You just will. And that is the way of righteousness. That's what puts you on the right road in God every single time. So he says, if you love what I love, you hate what I hate, and you seek to be obedient to me, he says, and I'll give you what you want in your heart. Now, it's kind of interesting. He said desires of your heart. Say anything about asking? But he does give us the privilege of asking. Huh? He opens the door up for us in case he don't know what we want <laughs> to let him know. The other thing, too, is the expression of our faith has to be done and has to be made in order to give him legal permission to give it to us. But he's got a, a loophole there for himself to give it to us in spite of whether we ask or not. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have it both ways. See, this is a goofy thing about sometimes some of our faith teaching. It gives us more religion than it gives us freedom sometimes. Because there are times when we'll receive something from the hand of God and we wonder how it got there. Uh-huh. You can't recall asking for it. You can't recall praying for it. You can't recall. But there's something he said in his words somewhere that covers that situation the reason he tells us to ask number one is the faith thing but he does have loopholes the bible says he can have mercy on whom whoever he wants to and do anything he wants to folks that is written all over the bible but because we're in covenant with him he says ask me anybody want to give it a stab and a guess because he know we're going to ask somebody It's like my parents when we were we were young girls going into teenage. My daddy would tell us, "And don't ask them boys for nothing. You want something, you ask me and your mama." Huh? Isn't that true? Isn't that what good parents tell their children, because they know you're gonna ask somebody for something. So he says, "In your asking, which I know you're gonna do anyway, come to me for what you need. Make your request known to me." I'm the one who would give it to you without fail. I'll do it. If there's something wrong and you're asking, I can straighten that out with you too. Huh? He'll straighten it out. He'll make it a right request. Or he'll let you know quick, fast, and in a hurry it was wrong. Fall apart in your hands. You lose it immediately. You know you stepped way out of bounds. Huh? It's like people are experiencing now in their finances. They know that they've really overextended themselves and and now, you know, (laughs) it's pay up time for everybody. So we know we've been on a wrong road. People who were even predicting the market would decline didn't think it would be as bad as it is. They'll all tell you that. The honest ones will tell you that. The ones who want to be held up as some kind of magician or guru will say, well, we, we told you it was going to be this bad, but nobody knew it was. And it's not, you haven't seen the end of it yet. See? God is at the end of it somewhere if people will look to him. He'll help them and show them how to turn it around. He gave instructions many, many years ago to his people. He said, if there's a famine in the land, if you, if you, there's sickness and any pestilence, he says, if my people who are called by my name. He tells you the remedy for all the disasters that can happen on the earth. He says, just humble yourselves and pray and seek my face, but turn away from the wrong road. You're on a road, a wicked road will never prosper you. Huh? A selfish road won't prosper you. You know, I see people don't want to do this and can't do that and I can't be bothered with this. Well, they won't get anywhere. They'll be begging for a morsel of bread one day, you know, because they're on a selfish road. Hello? 
The road that God wrote of righteousness is the road of serving God and serving humanity. I don't know how anybody can get away from that and think it's something else. It's not a road of having a right confession. And it's not a road of, of sowing seed in, in looking for a blessing. It's a road of serving humanity. You won't get anything from God if you, you don't know how to humble yourself and help people. It's just out. Oh, oh I know. You grew up thinking it was all about you, right? Mm-hmm. Found out in a hurry it wasn't. <laughs> So profiting requires that we walk on a certain road and not get off. Now, let me tell you what happens to people when they walk in. Weariness sets in. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just tired of this. I've been giving and 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 giving. And God don't bless me. Mm-hmm. Where's what he promised me? Mm-hmm. See, y'all messing with Mr. In Between when you do that and don't even know it. Huh? And somebody who's a remember the story about the turtle the turtle and the hare? The hare was so confident he took a break, took a nap, and the poor little turtle struggling along across the finish line. Well, somebody is on that same road of righteousness where you got weary and stopped, sat down, went to complaining. Well, if God don't do something today, I ain't going to be responsible. Well, you ain't responsible now. That's why he on there helping you to get down the street. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I know what you're going to do. You're going to get up and repent and try to get back on the road just like the rest of us. But while you do your little whining and complaining and sitting out in your time out, I need some time for me. I don't give nobody all my time. Huh? Huh? Or he's opening doors for me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Them off-road doors. <laughs> Wee! Huh? So while you got your little time out messing with Mr. In-Between, sitting there complaining, ragging out God, and then getting on his people, and you know. Well, see, them, them people that in church all the time, they don't have no life like I got. See, I got a life. So, you know, why we take our little time out, get weary, sit, huff, puff, complain. Somebody who is on the road has picked up our stuff and ran on past us and took the check to the bank. God's mercy will allow you to pick up from where you left off and keep going. But there are times when you'll have to start over again. Hmm? You go you go to retard class. Yeah, that's what they call it. They give give you some alphabets for it, but it's R E T A R D. Got sense enough to whatever. Lou, special ed. Sounds like your boyfriend, right? (laughs) Special ed. I'm going to special ed. Girls and guys dating special ed. Special ed. That's where I'm going. Going to special ed. (laughs) 
Well, you know, you can retard yourself in God. You can wipe out learning <clears throat> that you've learned. Don't think that just because you've done it in the past and it seemed easy to you that that knowledge sticks with you. Anybody can lose knowledge. You know, if I were to go into a hospital now, everybody say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> get your holy water out, your oil out, everything, and pray that I don't get there. But if I went in there now, I, you know, I'd be just as crazy and slow, you know, looking at stuff. Why? Because the knowledge I had, I haven't practiced in it. For I mean, there's some basics that don't leave you, you know, code blue. You don't miss that one. You'd be real slow to miss that. You know, that kind of stuff. Dire emergencies. You know, you just respond by reflex a lot of times in those situations. But some of the technical things, using some of the equipment that they have now. Because I haven't practiced in so many years and kept up with what's new, I've lost some ground. So they may have to would have to take me to remedial <laughs> school special ed nurses. <laughs> I'm going with special ed. Gonna learn about IVs and such. You know that kind of stuff. So so it is possible to lose your ground in God. To lose what you learned because you don't use it. And you special ed. In spiritual special ed class. And there are times when we haven't learned what we thought we knew correctly. And God has to correct us. Sometimes we just don't like being corrected. Now we loved it when we first met God. But then you know, after you walk a while you get this little haughty religious thing on you. And you think you're supposed to know everything already. So that will hinder you. So it requires that we walk in a certain road. So there is a way of life that causes us to profit. It's a way of living. That we live this every day and we live it from the heart. You live it because you know it's right to do in your heart. Your mind is renewed to the voice of God and the word of God. You've got something up there that you're thinking that is like God. And that's how you're led. There are roads in life that bring certain things into our lives. If you're on the road of education, you will get an education. Now some people mistakenly think that they're going to make a lot of money because they got education. Or they're going to take the world by surprise. You know, we imply a lot of things that aren't really true about what we're doing. When you have an education, your opportunities are increased or should be increased. But sometimes they can be very limited. You get involved in some kind of technical stuff that nobody heard of and nobody really needs. You'll be very limited in what you can do. You get one job and have to keep it for life. because, <laughs> Or you never get a job in that, that area. Uh-huh. There's all kinds of people playing instruments that started out thinking they were child prodigies and were going to take the world by storm. And they can't even get a good orchestra job sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you just have to understand that a certain roads in life will lead to accomplishment of that thing, but they don't ensure success in life. Only God can do that for you. So God gets on the road with us to cause us to profit. He's like, you know how now it's in it's in it's fashionable for everybody to have a personal trainer. Because they want to be insured of success. You know, we've gotten so dependent and crippled now. That we can't just get a piece of equipment, follow instructions, and do repetitions on it. We gotta have somebody making us do it now. And there are people making money as personal trainers. How they do that? They convince people they needed them. So God is on the road with us to encourage us and coach us, keep us going, and cause us to profit. 
So he's your personal trainer. So he was a personal trainer before personal trainers were cool. We must obey his commands and seek his way and not commands we want to do all of them. Do the ones you like doing and the ones you don't like doing. That's what personal trainers are there for. In the natural, there are some exercises people enjoy for some reason and and they can do them. But the personal trainer is there for the ones you hate. He says, well, you got to do these. If you don't do these, you're never going to get to your goal that we set for you. So you got to do them all. The ones you like and the ones you hate. The ones you like, you only like them because you had to keep doing them. Most obedience is like that. You have to keep doing it. Write that down. You do them because you have to. And it's because God puts a conviction on you that you must do them. People who keep getting depressed and losing jobs because they have angry outbursts with people. Forgiveness is a must do for them. See, it's a must do for all believers. But when we first hear it, it's put it to us in a way and our mind flips around and tells us we don't have to do that with everybody. There's an exception to it. Isn't that true? With everything that we hear in God's word, your mind will give you some kind of loophole so you don't have to do it. And what if certain things happen? I used to get so sick of that. Teaching people that if you, if you have a spouse that abused you, you got to forgive that. Well, what if they did so-and-so and such-and-such? And I'm thinking they didn't do it hard enough. You're still standing here. You know, I mean, that's... That's the one. That's the, what you think to yourself, because here God gives you get a command from the Word of God that's going to set you free, make your life better, and hopefully release your children, your grandchildren, and generations. You don't want to do it because you're still arguing with the fact you think you're doing somebody a favor by forgiving him. Got it all twisted, and you don't think of that bloody man on that cross that did it for you all you thinking about is you don't want somebody's done something wrong to you and you got a right to hold on to stupidity hmm? so in order to profit we have to obey God's commands and seek his way And he walks with us to ensure our success. So he is your success insurance. That's why you can't fail. It's not that you can't fail because you do everything right. Because he's there to help you and pick you up and set you back on the road if you fail on the road or if you get off the road. Now, you ever been on streets that look a whole lot alike? You know, there's some communities where, you know, like like some of these cookie cutter, yeah, the, these little, uh, what do they call them, Sub, subdivisions and all that kind of stuff. And everybody picked gray and, and beige this year for their house color. And, and those streets look a lot alike. Huh? That's what happens to us sometimes when we're off the road of God and we think we're on the right road. It's because we put on a vision of where we are that says we're right when we're wrong. You can color your world to make it look like anything you want it to. It starts with with seeing blatantly in the word of God that what you're doing is wrong. But there's a good reason why it's happening in your situation. I know it says that, but. See, I know I know what the word says, but. But see, my situation is. So that's number one pair of false eyeglasses you put on. So now you got on these eyeglasses that make wrong look right and right look wrong. And so that's how people can start defending themselves against God's word. 
and think they're in the will of God and think they're doing the right thing. So they put themselves on a false road that to them looks like the right road. But everybody else looks at it and wonders what is wrong with this person. They can't seem to get it right here. Why do they keep going over the same stupid thing over and over and over again? It's because they've deceived themselves. Huh? The Bible says everybody's deceived when they've drawn away on their own lust. Your own lust will blind you. You'll think it's right when it's wrong. You know, people who can't go let go of certain things. They've got to make it right. And it ain't right. And it will not lead to you profiting. You'll stay right there and whine and complain about the same thing for years and never get any success in your life. So God walks with us to ensure our success. At least with God walking beside you, if you're wrong in your thinking or in your heart, you get convicted by it. So there is a place where God is trying to show us and point us in the right direction and get us off the wrong road. His road is a road of commitment. There's no jumping on and jumping off. He expects you to stay on there. See, the average carnal mind thinks, well, I'll do this long enough to get this, 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 and this. And then, then what? Go back to carnality? You're supposed to be committed to God. You're not supposed to like that no more. Hmm? Or a lot of times we just don't want to admit that, you know, one of the things that, that I see happening with people, I'll just be honest with you. Is people want 100% results from God with 30% commitment to obedience in him. Because we're always excusing ourselves for our disobedience. Instead of repenting and turning around and asking God to help us to stay on the road of obedience. That's why the Bible says the way is narrow and few people find it. You can be saved and be on the broad way folks. Look at all the look at all them people y'all like them on TV with the big crosses around their necks, huh? And they'll say they're Christians. They'll say they love God. They'll say they're this and they're that. They're on the broad way. And see, it's obvious to us sitting here judging because we think we know God and we think we walk with God. But there's a broad way within the narrow way. Hello. Where people don't walk in obedience to God. They walk, they obey every third command. Huh? Or don't mess with this area because this can't touch this. Do, 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 do. Huh? <laughs> True. <laughs> we just don't want God messing with it. We don't want people messing with it. Huh? True. Especially the stuff we make excuses for. You know, we always got a million excuses for why we don't conform to God. And, you know, we're just retarded. You could have mastered that so long ago and moved on and been prosperous, but you get stuck there trying to figure out why somebody's picking on you because you're in disobedience. Huh? Or why can't you do it this way? Everybody does it. Huh? I always want to fall through some kind of stupid cracks instead of getting up on the road of obedience and seeing if your life don't get better. You ought to at least have enough faith to want to see if your life won't get better if you stay obedient to God and obey him every day. So there's no Mr. In-Between on this road, folks. God is not going to sit there and coddle you and pet you because you're tired of obeying him. Hello. That's really where the fatigue comes. We just don't want to obey God anymore. And we can think of good reasons why we shouldn't have to. Hmm. 
In Genesis 18:19, we see what God said about Abraham. This will blow your minds because you don't think of God saying things like this about people. Well, question, what does he say about you? What does he say about you? He'll tell you sometimes if you ask him. And nobody wants to know, though. (laughs) We won't discuss that. I'm just, you know, just bless me. I don't want to know, God. You don't have to tell me everything. God was getting ready to destroy the city of Sodom especially and he said he said in verse 17 shall I hide this from Abraham said I'm looking for a friend down there on earth that I can confide in on my plans to see if I can get a man to enter in with me in agreement God always wants that he always wants somebody on the earth to enter into agreement with him or to intercede on the behalf of themselves or other people on behalf of the earth. He says, seeing that Abram shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Do I, do I cannot trust him? He said, for I know him. This is what God knows about people. He watches us so that he will know certain things about us. What can he trust us to do? That's what he's watching for. I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord. And do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which we have spoken to him. So in order for you to get the promises that God's given you fulfilled, you got to keep the way of the Lord. You got to keep the lifestyle. Not shamming and pretending, but for real though. Huh? When when it's good weather, when it's bad weather, for real. I was in the in the in Myers late, and just to show you how how the Lord is and how you got to really stay in the way of the Lord, you know, and you can't flip in and out, you know. I may seem flipped out sometimes, but I'm paying attention to God is what's important. <laughs> You know, y'all, what y'all talking about? Hey, 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 you ain't getting no holler for all that. But I am paying attention to God. And he showed me something. When I first first started coming back and forth, you know, stopping Toledo and I go to the Myers there. Helps me keep my life organized. See, I don't whine about how much I have to do. I just do it. God took the whine. He beat the whine out of me years ago. How did he beat it out of me? With his word. Working on my conscience. And people will, you know, sometimes people give you opportunity. Well, don't you get tired of that? No. Uh -uh. Tired, I shot him. And if he tries to creep up on me, I stab him. (laughs) Nothing but old stinking devil. Uh So when I first started to go through there, I was going through the cash register. And this young man said, oh, I'm so glad to meet you. And I'm thinking, who is this? You know, I'm saying, and it dawned on me, oh, they have the TV program down here. You see what I'm saying? You can watch yourself. Because if I were to go through the line and complain about the cashier, treat them funny or something, you know, your witness is shot. And it just shows you, and this is true, period, for all, I don't care about, you know, whether you're on TV, not on TV. God has a witness for you to project for him at all times. This is just a reminder to me, you know, to shape yourself up, especially down here. Don't get stupid. Don't lose yourself. And there was a woman that had walked past me in that store last Sunday for for three or four times. And she finally came up to me and spoke to me. See, that guy recognized me immediately. How many people we walk past know who we are and they get a chance to watch us for a while? See, that's why it's good to obey the Spirit of God. Now, see, I'm not this kind of person who's, oh, who's here? I gotta, I gotta watch myself. No, I just listen to the inner witness. Remember him? Testifies of what you're to do and lead you in the right way. So I listen to the inner witness. And so I'm a good girl. 
<laughs> as much as possible. But but I can tell you that woman walked past me about three times, and I noticed her, and I know she noticed me. We never said anything. I, I, she looked like she was coming from church. You know what I'm saying, just that look. And so, uh, <laughs> of course, I didn't. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> she said, um, she said, Sister Williams, how you doing? I said, fine. And you, sweetie, where you? Where I know you from? You know, trying to feel her out. And um, she told me, she said, oh, I've watched your ministry. She said, you've been in ministry about 20 years, haven't you? And I said, yeah, I have. I said, you've been around that long? She said, I, "She said, you know what? She said, I admire you. She said, I tell people when they show me some of your literature, she said, I get your literature. She said, I watch you on TV. I'm running it all down. She said, I tell people. She said, even people in my church. She said, you get a chance to go to some of these people's things, you go because them people is real. She said, what they're doing is true. She said, I've seen this woman's ministry for 20 years. And she told me she remembered when we started, when we got on the Internet, all this stuff. So you never know who's watching you and what your witness is. That's why it's good to stay on the road, folks. And don't veer off and don't get weary and don't get tired and think about yourself and I'm tired. Now, suppose I get tired and don't want to be in Myers and act stupid the whole time I'm there. You know, wanting to give the cashier a hard time. And we don't have time to get stupid, folks. You get time to stay on that road and don't veer off. Don't veer off. God says he will even make a way for us in the desert. Away in the wilderness. He makes a road for us to travel on. So if the road that God has you on seems too hard for you. He can soften the road. Or if the road runs out. You ever been there? Run out of stuff to do. Run out of stuff you think you can do to get yourself out of the jam you're in. He can dig another hole and make another road for you to walk on. He makes roads in the wilderness. And the Bible says streams even in the desert. Where is that? It's in Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 43. I had it written down. What did I do with it? I'll get it to you and then I can stop. Isaiah 43. Yeah. 43.19. Go there because that's a good scripture. Because we're going to need them now. You didn't think you needed it all before. But you need it now. Been needing it all along really. Uh, that's my scripture. When I run out of stuff I know to do. I say oh Lord you can make a way in the wilderness. What am I worried about? Just show me a way and get on it. And make sure you get on it when God shows it to you. Because you're going to find that he's shown you many opportunities to prosper. And to profit. And you haven't taken them. And why don't people take them? They think they know what they're looking for. Which is a whole nother sermon. Huh? Well, I don't think God would want me to walk on sand. I mean, I have gifts. And I have abilities. I have a healing uh, gift. I always like it when they say gift. I know they never got nobody healed. Well, write that down for those of you who think that's a real big deal. Anybody who has something has a ministry in that, not just a gift. And they don't say ministry because they're too convicted because they don't have anybody to say that they got healed. I mean on their own. <laughs> I mean, your meeting. <laughs> That's what gives you a ministry. You have your own meeting. Other than that, you don't have a ministry. You got it? You know, people think you fell off the turnip truck sometimes. You know, they try to run this little weak stuff by you and run it up under you, like, you know. Come on now. Benny Hinn has a healing ministry. Has his own meeting. Pays for it himself with his own faith that people will give money so he can get where he needs to go. And he gets the results of God. I 
I'm a minister. Oh, yeah, where you preach at? Oh, wherever the Lord sends me. Where's he sent you lately? Besides hearing my face trying to impress me. <laughs> you got to watch these subtleties. See, they're on the wrong road and don't have a clue. Don't know they veered off the right road. Isaiah 43. Let me get back there. In verse 18, he says, remember not the former things. You're off the road, in other words. You're off-road activities. Forget about them. It's the only way you're going to get on the right road and be successful. It says, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. In other words, quit your whining, your bawling, your squalling, your discontent, your fainting, your messing with him, Mr. In-Between. Get out the flesh. He wouldn't have to do a new thing if we were in the spirit. Because we would know what's going on. I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? If you're in the spirit, you'll know it. If you're on the right road, you'll know it. It'll be obvious to you by the inner witness, not by the natural seeing of things. I will even make a way, a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So in other words, the road that God has you on is one of living, easy living where everything's provided for you. It's not some hard life that you don't have. Your flesh may not like it. But your soul is well pleased in him. You got peace. You've got a walkway. You've got water when you need it. Hot and cold running water. You got bathroom facilities. You got a kitchen with food in it. See, that's the way of God. And see, the lure and the lust and dictates of the flesh and the carnal mind, the pride of life, the, this nonsense that we get into will try and distract us and pull us off. You're pulled away. The Bible says you're drawn away by your lust. Ain't got enough of this. When am I going to get some of that? Why is it taking so long for me? Blah, blah, blah. Everything that comes that way tries to pull you off the road. Just things you want. Things you want too much, too fast. And don't ask God for them. And if you ask, you don't ask in faith because you ain't believing for nothing. You'll ask him and then think in your mind will flip over and try to tell you 15 different ways to get it yourself. And most of them involve credit of some kind. <laughs> you know you're on the wrong road. Why ask God? Why involve him in your MasterCard? Why involve him in your whatever you pulling out there plastic to get what you want? You don't have to involve him in all that. See, his way is the way that he tells you he's going to bring it. It's not something that's in your mind all the time that you can do to get it. His his way ain't involving 80 whoever it is that get her social security checks and don't know how to spend them. You understand what I'm saying? His way, that ain't his way. His way is dealing with you and him. And you developing your faith and staying on the road to prosper. I don't care. When he says he make a way in the wilderness, that means you might have some dry spells walking with him. Hello? Because you're going to hit some desert no matter what. But trust me, if he's got you in a dry place, it's better than the actual hell that you would be in without him. So we think we don't want to go his way. And we think his way is all that hard. But trust me, folks. He's a loving and a benevolent God. He is good to his people. He's good to everybody. But he's definitely good to those who are sold out to him. So he teaches us the way. Profitability is a life style it's not something you do just to get something from god and then you go back to whatever it's a road you live on 
And on that road is everything that you need and then some and more. Praise God. All right, why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and for allowing us to hear your word and know your word. We bless you for giving us your word that we can do everything that we need according to your glorious word and your word of instruction. So we thank you for what you're doing for us right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.